once you know about this, you can never unknow it. It is always a part of you. This episode is brought to you by my book, Speak From Within. Learn how you can engage, inspire, and motivate any audience. You can also download my four simple tips to make starting any conversation a breeze at the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Whether you're writing the first sentence of a book or solving the climate crisis to get people's attention, you need to tell your story creatively. On the show, I interview peak performers who are coming up with those creative stories and solutions. Through creativity, compassion, and collaboration, they're changing the world. I also bring you ideas and techniques to unlock your potential to do the same. And now, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is another Vegan Life Solutions episode that come to you every single Friday. I hope that you'll enjoy. Today I want to talk about the veganization of everyday products. For example, recently Hershey's launched Reese's Peanut Butter Cups plant-based. They went, okay, let's see if we can make the vegans eat Hershey's peanut butter cups. And the vegans and plant-based people showed up in droves. So much so that they're doing it with their flagship product, the Hershey chocolate bar. The plant-based Hershey chocolate bar is coming at you and coming at you soon. Burger King is also testing out plant-based options in their chain restaurants. They did it with a couple of places in the United Kingdom. They went vegan for a month, completely no meat for a month, and it was so successful that they're doing more. The initial run was so great that they went, yeah, let's do more of these. And then there are companies like Trupo Treats that are putting out vegan versions of products. Their chocolate-covered wafers are just like Kit Kat bars, and they are just as easy to eat, maybe even easier. I can go through two or three of those candy packs before I even think about it. They're They're delicious. They really are. And considering how expensive the vegan versions of these other bars are, Trupo Treats aren't that pricey either. You might pay like a buck 50 or two for one of the non-vegan versions of peanut butter cups or Kit Kats, where you'll pay about $5 for each bar of Trupo Treats. But hey, one Reese's peanut butter cup package is over $9. So they're nowhere near as expensive as the vegan Reese's. And the question to me is why are... Vegan versions of Reese's peanut butter cups that much more expensive to make? Or is someone out there lobbying to make sure that the vegan versions stay way more expensive? Now, don't get me wrong. I I will eat the vegan versions because I love chocolate. I love sugar. I love peanut butter cups. But I have to ask the question, right? What What is it that's making those products be so much more expensive? Kind of like if you go to Starbucks or Gregory's or so many other places and order oat milk for your latte instead of dairy milk for your latte, it's another 75 cents to $1.50. And Gregory's just did a thing where they went, for one day, you don't have to pay any extra. We're celebrating plant-based milk day. You don't have to pay any extra to get your oat milk or your soy milk or whatever in your latte or cappuccino or whatever. And I have to wonder, why is it that it is so much more expensive to have an oat milk or uh, soy milk or an almond milk or hemp milk or whatever in your latte than it is dairy milk? 
Why is it so much more expensive that it necessitates 75 cents more per cup? So when you're veganizing these things like, oh, I can, I can have a vegan chai latte or, or something like that, I'm paying extra to get that cruelty-free, no animals were harmed in the making of this soy latte kind of thing. So what is it about that, right? What is it that we are allowing to happen as consumers? And what is it that the companies are getting out of, aside from more money? Because yeah, 75 extra cents is obviously more money in everybody's pocket. Is it is it harder for the employees to pour hemp milk or soy milk into the cup? What is the justification for charging more? Because it doesn't need to be more. And is it that the farmers' subsidies that dairy farms are getting are such that it behooves them to keep cows uh, milked, if you will, uh, keep them keep impregnating them, keep them lactating, keep milking them for their milk, and then that milk is cheap because of all the subsidies that the farmers are getting from the government. And so, yeah, of course, when it goes to the Starbucks or one of the other coffee places, that milk is cheaper. It's possible that that's the reason. I honestly don't know. But I do know that every time I see an experiment happen with the veganization of non-vegan food, like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups plant-based or Trupo Treats coming out with their own Kit Kat bars, which again are delicious. Hey, Trupo Treats, shout out to you. And if you want to be a sponsor of the show, I would love to have you. That would be amazing. So yeah, when you're talking about people wanting to have a few, a couple decades ago, even there would have been unheard of to go, oh, I want soy milk in my latte. People in Starbucks would have laughed at you. What do you mean you want soy milk in your latte? Nowadays, you want soy milk, you want oat milk, you want almond milk, it's going to cost you, but you can certainly get it. And so then the next question is also a why. Why are there, why is there such a proliferation of vegan products? Why are we getting more of them? Is it, is it because there's a growing demand or does another reason exist? Is it because people want options? What are the reasons that there are so many more vegan options? The meat and dairy industries are powerful. Their lobbies are also powerful, but it seems to me more and more people want an animal-free option. Some of it is the campaigns that shine the light on what exactly happens in factory farms and slaughterhouses. I think that's working. I mean, to be to be honest, I was a real carnivore before I became a vegetarian and then vegan. It was really easy for me to eat animals in ignorance when I was a kid because I didn't know. But once I knew, I couldn't turn my back. And so it makes me wonder if these campaigns of talking about the things that happen in slaughterhouses, the things that happen on dairy farms, and fact the biz- bizarre and barbaric factory farming practices, these are things that social media shines a light on. And, it, you know, social media may end up being a bad experiment. It may be a good experiment. It may have opened our eyes. It may have closed them to some other things. It may have skewed our version of reality. But something like this, when it gets to shine the light on something that it has been happening for hundreds of years, and factory farming is younger than that, but for a long time, then I say yay to social media because it's allowed some of this to become uh, more commonplace. More people know about it. And once you know about it, you cannot unknow it. That's something that I really want to say that again. Once you know about this, you can never unknow it. It is always a part of you. And for me, once I knew, as I said, I could not turn my back. I, that was it. I was, 
I was done. And once I was done, I was done forever. And it lost me friends and friendships because they couldn't handle my new need to know where my food came from. And did any being suffer for me to have my dinner? That became the question that I asked myself. Anybody suffer for me to eat? No, great, I can eat it. Anybody suffer for me to eat? Yeah, nope, not for me. And so for some people, I became too much trouble because of choosing where we'd eat and what I'd eat and how much consideration they'd have to give me when they had me over for dinner. And that that became an issue. I stopped being invited to places because, or actually I should say, people stopped inviting me to places. It wasn't my fault. It's not your fault. If you decide to eat differently or behave differently, it is not your fault if people can't handle it. If they want you in their lives, they will make those dispensations. And if they don't, then maybe that was clue enough all along. I don't know. For me, it did, as I said, lose me friendships. And I still miss some of my friends who just went, well, I don't know what to, what to cook for you. And I had to go, well, I'll just bring my own food. And I've done that for many parties. And here's what's interesting. When you bring a vegan dish, a well-made, succulent, scrumptious vegan dish to a party, you know what? The non-vegans will flock to it and eat it up. And the vegans will kind of go, hey, hey, what happened to the vegan sushi you brought? And it's all gone because... The non-vegans went, yum, 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 this looks amazing. So I think if more people went, let me try this, I think we'd have a very different world because there's a, just a plethora. There's there's a, a cornucopia, a banquet, if you will, of vegan food out there that you can eat, you can cook, you can share with friends that is amazing and delicious and more and more and more every single day. I'm going to give a shout out to my friends vegan on the fly in New York City who are making the most amazing vegan Middle Eastern food that you will have. Just also with uh, Mediterranean food, Anixi is another gourmet vegan taken to a whole new level. So shout out to those two restaurants. But today I want to talk about something that is, uh, look, if you are listening to this and you're a new vegan or thinking about it, you need to know that even today you're going to have a tougher road, but stick with it. It's worth it. It lightens your soul somehow to know that you haven't participated in something horrific or awful or painful. And if you have someone in your life who's vegan or starting down that path, please work with them. You're being considerate of them as they embark on their journey, but also you yourself might find a whole new array of food you've never thought of before. And if you're in New York City, places like Vegan on the Fly, Anixi, Blossom, Peace Food, and so many others. I mean, New York is is a, a veritable haven of vegan places, but more and more are, are sort of sprouting up, if you will, everywhere. So I encourage you to seek them out and see the kinds of cuisines that you can have, whether you make it yourself or you go out. And I I hope you do. And if you have questions, I'm always available to answer. I'm not a nutritionist, but as far as the taste of food and the combination of food and, and veganism in that way, heck yeah, I am right here for you. You're listening to the Creative Solutions Podcast, where curiosity is king, creativity is queen, and compassion rules them both. All right. I hope you enjoyed that part of the episode. Now we go to part two, the restaurant review of the week. This week, we went to vegan Thai food. I love, by the way, that I get to go out at least once a week because I am reviewing a vegan restaurant. What a great way to do it. I love reviewing vegan places. I love 
talking about the types of food you can eat and vegan Thai food by Katie at 215 East Broadway down in Chinatown is the restaurant that I'm reviewing this week. The dishes that I had, and I'm going to put the images of them. If you go to azoldatea.com slash blog, you're going to be able to see the images of the dishes that we had, my husband and I. Uh, I had summer rolls, which were avocado, fresh basil. um, Oh, I can't think of it. Bean sprouts, carrots, wrapped up in rice paper and served with sweet peanut sauce. I also had... Green papaya salad, which had a little bit of lettuce, but also papaya, bean sprouts, and a kind of a sweet and sour dressing. And then he had, Rich had red curry with uh, fake duck. And that was really good. I would have liked the curry to be a little bit stronger, to be honest, but it was still delicious. And I had a quintessential Thai dish, pad thai with tofu. And here's the thing about the pad thai at my Katie. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of going, I want it again. One of the things that I always want from pad thai is that it has a combination of flavors. And there's some people who will actually put broccoli and cauliflower in there, mushrooms in there. Uh, most of the time it has carrots. It almost always, it, it always has uh, noodles and uh, bean sprouts and various and sundry other little veggies, uh, fried tofu. And then it also has a delightful peanut sauce and often crumbled peanuts. And many Thai places will give you a slice of lime to sort of squeeze on top of the pod Thai to give it that extra little bit of a kick. Now, if you like spicy food, uh, my Katie is a good place to go for spicy food. My food was not, it was listed, it had one little hop, you know how menus will give you one hot pepper, two hot peppers, three hot peppers. It had one little hot pepper. It wasn't that, it wasn't that spicy, but I am sure if you wanted it to be spicy, they could totally spicy it up for you. I had somebody ask me, can the, is the food spicy? It wasn't overall spicy and I'm not a spicy food person anymore, but you could, I am sure, ask them to make it spicy. And this actually reminds me of a story of friends of mine and I went to an Indian place called the India Gate restaurant in D.C. many years ago. And when the guy came by and asked for our orders, he said, I want you to give me a scale of one to ten about how spicy you want it. One is very mild, 10 is very spicy. And everybody was ordering, you know, some people ordered five, some people ordered four. I ordered like a two or a three. And then he got to my friend Dave who said, I'll have a 10. And the guy looked at him and he went, no, sir, I'm sure you don't want a 10. And Dave said, yeah, no, I do. I want a 10. And the guy was like, are you sure you want a 10? And Dave is like, absolutely. I lived in India. I want a 10. And the guy kind of shrugged his shoulders and went, okay. And everybody got their food. And we're all enjoying our food. And Dave gets his 10 level spicy. And he starts eating it. And he's enjoying it. And the waiter comes over. And he's watching to see what's going to happen as Dave bites into this spicy food. And Dave just eats it. Because Dave lived in India for a while. So Dave got very used to eating spicy food. And the waiter was just amazed. And he, <laughs> sir, I am amazed that you are eating this food. And Dave said, it's very good. I'm enjoying it. And the waiter had left and then came back with the manager. And the manager sort of bent over Dave and whispered in his ear. And then and Dave went, thank you. And the manager left. And we we're like, Dave, what did he say? And he said, oh, he gave me the code word. And we we're like, code word to what? And he said, it's the code word for when you want to have your dish Indian level spicy. 
And we were like, ooh. And he goes, no, 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 it's true. And so we all wanted to know the word. And he goes, you do not want to know the word. You are not ready. You can't handle the truth. You are not ready for Indian level spicy. And he didn't tell us the word because the 10 would have blown the top of my head off. I can only imagine what Indian level spicy would have done. So I'm kind of glad I didn't know the word just because I would have been tempted to use it. And then they would have had to peel me off the ceiling. So anyway, to get back, <laughs> to, get back to my Katie, I highly recommend this place. It's not very expensive. Your Each dish is about $12 to $18, I guess. So not very expensive by New York City standards, I should say. The service is delightful. The two women who run slash own it are wonderful, gracious, lovely, generous souls. Just a delight. The food is fresh. It's scrumptious. The, the spices are, as I said, not too much, but I'm sure you can get it much more spicy. But the spices are somehow delicate and each ingredient feels like it was lovingly tended as it was made. I can't wait to go back. I The, the problem with having a favorite dish like I do with pad thai is that I don't know if I'm going to want more stuff. Last time Rich and I went, he had the tofu panang and it was amazing, amazing, amazing. And this time he had the red curry. And I, of course, stuck with my, <laughs> with my pad thai and my green papaya salad but the summer rolls were also really delicious and the rice paper is delicate and the avocado was not chintzy it was a generous helping of avocado in each bit of summer roll and unfortunately I was so hungry when I got there that I did not take a picture of the summer roll but you can see the other things that we ordered in the show notes page. I highly recommend it again my Katie at 215 East Broadway in Manhattan Go enjoy. Tell them I said hello because it is an outstanding, outstanding place full of really delicious food. So, yeah, all vegan Thai in the heart of New York City, and it's fabulous. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My name is Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast. I remind you that the episode is brought to you by Brain FM, and it is the app that I use to get, I just used it to get my taxes done. I was listening to it to go deep and get my taxes done. I use it to fall asleep. I use it to write my books. I use it to create. I use it to write the show notes. I use it all the time. I love, love, love that. If you decide to try it out, there is a coupon in the show notes page that you can check out and you get 20% off the app if you decide to check it out. And of course, I'll get a little kickback because I do only talk about things that I love and I love Brain FM. Uh, And if you are not subscribed to the show, come on over, join me, subscribe to the show and become a listener of either and or the Monday interviews, the Monday solo episodes, or as they say, the Friday Vegan Life Solutions like this episode has been. Until next time, I remind you as always to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Azolda Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. 